Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. So I'm going to try to find my spot here. Um, let's pray real quick. Father, just thank you for the opportunity to gather here this morning. Thank you for, for all you do and all you are to us. And I just ask that you just open our eyes this morning and open our hearts so that we can see and hear and know exactly what, what you're saying to us, and Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, that's what's so cool, is like, um, when we have, have the Word of God, it's so powerful, the Bible says, powerful, the Bible says that, that it's sharper than two, any two-edged sword, that it's alive, and so, so, it'll come and it'll reach you right where you need to be reached, right? And so, so it's good. It's good medicine. Like, you don't know what to take. Like, you go, you go to the doctor, right? And they're like, oh, well, you have this symptom, so I'm going to treat this symptom and this and this and this. And, like, they may give you 8 million things, right? But I want to tell you something. There's, there's a, a, a cure for your heart in here, and his name's Jesus. And as we see Jesus, as we lift up Jesus, the Bible says that, that God will draw all men um, Unto him. So I was just looking at my notes, and it looks like I wrote them down on a sonic receipt. <laughs> Which I think Jesus every day, because I live like three miles from Sonic. <laughs> I, I grew up in Oklahoma, and so like we had Sonics, and like it was a common thing, but I've been here 20 years now. Right? It took him like 18 years to get a Sonic up here. <laughs> And so, so, and then I had to teach him how to order when I'd order, and I'd, I'd say, I want, I want a number one with no mayo, and they're like, we don't do no mayo. I was like, yes, you do, and they're like, no, we just say it's with mustard and ketchup, and I was like, well, it's the same thing, so I was like, good Lord, where do you go, I mean, just come on now, right, get it right, but I love the Sonic, Sonic um, burgers, they're awesome, not as good as Whataburger's. We're still believing God for a Whataburger coming up here, but but they're pretty pretty good, and I live right by them, so I got my notes here. Some of my notes I was writing down, so I'm pretty technical here, right? Get these ideals. I'm gonna just jot them down, but I was just, I was just thinking. Um, I've been really wanting to get back to like the basics uh, uh, of things. And like, God was really putting on my heart to get, to do groundwork, do groundwork. Well, what's groundwork? Like some people don't have horses. They don't know what is groundwork. Groundwork is the very beginning, right? It's what we do. We start the horse, we can get a halter and lead rope on them and we can move them around, get their feet moving and get them kind of gain their trust and give them a foundation to build on. Because like, if we going to build this house, we don't start with the roof. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying? And so we don't put chairs in and then hope that the floor gets built. You get you gotta start. You gotta start somewhere. And so you're like, well we I know a lot of a lot of a lot of you guys in here are, are mature believers, but still at the same time, there there's something about when, when you get a new beginning that, that you wanna start and you wanna lay a foundation where, where that foundation's solid and the foundation can only be 
on the Word of God, and that's Jesus as our basis. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And so, so I want to go through some stuff. Like one of the things I've been talking about is is um, how I study the Bible and the different ways to study the Bible because I think it opens so much up. I do got to tone it back a little bit. I've been sharing that a little bit at the Cowboy Church, and I got done. I was like, Pastor, how was that? Because the pastor up there is with me. He goes, James, I thought I was in a hermeneutics class <laughs> in seminary. I was like, oh, man, I didn't. He goes, it was great, but, you know, you made it, made it cool. But, like, that was like a seminary class. And I was like, okay, I'm going to notch it back just a little bit because, like, I get so fired up. I'm like, you know, I'm going to throw the whole, whole lake at you. You know, forget the fire hose, right? So, but it's important for, for us to know where we're at and what we're doing and what's going on. And so I've been talking about inductive Bible study, right? Deductive and then springboarding, right? So, but we're going to go like, because I think inductive is really important for us to understand. And I think it's really solid for us to come into. And so last week, I believe I talked about, um, what are there's three things we do in inductive? We observe, we, then we interpret, and then we have an application for that. Does that make sense? So, so it starts with our head, goes to our heart, and then as we, as we get to know, as we get the understanding, we can, we can have a knowledge of things, but not understand it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I have a knowledge of how my car drives, but I can't understand understand how when I push the button it starts right I don't understand all the mechanics of it but I have a knowledge that when I put it in there it's going to go but like you find a mechanic and they're like well this gear clicks here or this or whatever you call it I have no idea I shouldn't be talking about something I don't know right but I have a knowledge but I don't have an understanding but when you get that you get the knowledge and then you have the understanding, too. Then it comes out in, in your actions. Now, we get knowledge, and then we think we got an understanding, and the understanding we get comes out, right? Jesus said, said that you told the Pharisees, he's like, you have a form of godliness, but you're denying the very power that lives inside that. That's, that's pretty scary, right? So they had a head knowledge, and that head knowledge come to a belief system in their heart, and it was coming out as actions where they thought that they had to perform to be good enough to God, for God. They had to do this to be good enough for God. And when they figured out that they couldn't, you know what they did? They made loopholes. Just a bunch of fruit loops. <laughs> right? It's like, like if I can have a loophole for here, this and a loophole for that. And so they'd jump through it. And then they're mad at Jesus because he's healing people on the Sabbath. And Jesus like, I am the Sabbath. I am the rest. I'm here, here for these people. And so they, they were so caught in, in their misknowledge and misunderstanding that their actions weren't lining up with what God was trying to do at that point in time in their life. So how many of us are like that? We get into those things, and so that, that's not even my message. <laughs> it is now. Right? But we get so caught up in those things that, that we got to know, you know something? I want to know you, right? I want to have a knowledge of who you are, but I also want to have an understanding, 
right? And have that personal relationship with you where you're just not some far off God that just doesn't care anymore, but that you're, you're the creator of the universe who breathed life into dirt. I just seen a picture of Adam and Eve's, um, what do you call them, baby pictures? <laughs> one was a pile of dirt and the other one was a bone. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool, right? But we have a God that that cool. It's that awesome. And for us to know him, not just in our head, but in our heart. And when we do, the actions will prove out. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so, um, let, for instance, Jesus. Right? You guys know who he is? Right? So he's in the Bible, right? These dudes catch this woman in adultery, right? And they throw her out in the streets. And they're all getting ready to stone her. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what, I, what the Father has me say. Do you know why? Because Jesus had a relationship with the Father, and Jesus knew. Do you know something? I know how my Father would be in this situation. They thought they knew God, too. And they thought, well, this is how God's going to be in the situation. Most of them were guilty of the same thing, if not physically, in their mind. Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so Jesus said, said wait a second. I'm going to step in here. He is without sin. Cast the first stone. And man, it was like, like a military war zone because all these rocks were flying. Right? No. Not one of them could. And then he looks at the lady and says, Where, where's those that are condemning you? Where's your accusers? She's like, they're not there. And he's like, neither do I. You know what he's saying? I'm not condemning you. And he helped her up and he set her free. And that's the kind of God we have, right? That's the kind of Jesus we have. And that's a picture uh, of who he is. And so when you see Jesus, Jesus is hilarious. I mean, some of the things, like, they're coming at him real smart. And he's just like, yeah, you got that and got that figured out, right? And then he gets mad, right? What would Jesus do? I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll flip a table over and run him out with a whip. Now, that's a cowboy. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Jesus ain't some milquetoast wimp that just don't... I mean, he's, he, he's, he's soft, but he's also strong when he has to be, right? And so he, he's cool, man. I'd have been fun watching. You know what I'm talking about? And so, so when we say we put those bracelets on, what would Jesus do? I'm like, well, I'll just turn this table over. <laughs> right? Jesus did that. I can do that. You get mad at your wife? Like, <laughs> go in there and just flip your table over there. Why are you do that? I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't take me serious, right? I'm trying to keep you guys awake and get your attention, right? But... I think, I think I did it. Yeah, don't do it, because she might hit you over the head with a bow. And she's like, that's what Jesus would do. He had a whip. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Where in the world am I going with that? I have no idea. But the whole point is this. What would Jesus do? How do we know what Jesus would do if we don't know what the Bible says that he was doing? Right? Don't take my word for it. Get in there and read it, but read it in a way where it draws up. Put yourself into that and seem, and don't seem as just like walking around like, I'm Jesus. How out art thou? <laughs> you know, everything thinks he talks in King James. Like, I got the King James version downloaded in my phone. 
right? Because I was like, I'm going to listen to it driving because I'm driving, and it's an English guy, right? And his these and thous, and, and by the time I got like through chapter five, I was ready to throw it out the window. I was like, I don't get that. Why? Because he wasn't talking my, my language. You know what I mean? And so we look at Jesus and we look at him through this, through just this lens that we've been told all our lives. And he's so much bigger than that. You guys understand what I'm talking about? I was watching Westerns last night. A hard time sleeping. Anybody watch? I love Bonanza. Right? Anybody like Little Joe's Horse? Isn't that just like the most awesome horse ever? Does anybody even know what I'm talking about? Like I'm here, right? And so I'm watching that, and it's a really good show. And then I was like, I need to go to bed. And then I'm like, no, and one more come on. And so it's called High Chaparral. Does anybody know, remember that one? So I'm sitting here watching this Western. and You know what? When I was a kid, we used to play um, cow people and First um, Nations. <laughs> You're like, what? What? Where I'm from in Oklahoma, we call them cowboys and Indians. But we're close enough to Seattle, I've got to be more politically correct. Which, which my great-grandpa was a UT Creek Indian. So, like, I mean, I can play Indians if I want because I kind of am one, right? And so, like, I grew up in Oklahoma, but we were right by the Cheyenne Arapaho Indian Reservation. And, and so, um, <clears throat> in fact, when my grandma and grandpa were younger, they used to, like, when, when the, the um, Indians would come through, like a lot of the chiefs would stop at their farm and water their horses and stuff. And so they had a good relationship with them. But um, anyway, I'm watching this, and um, I was looking, and every one of the Indians talking in that were like, Hi, my name's Big Nose. How are you? And it's just like, they always got to talk like, How are you? You know, like this. And I'm like, you know something? If all I ever did was watch westerns when I was a kid, if I hadn't lived around the the Native American people, and I hadn't had friends that were Native American, and I didn't know them and didn't know what they were like, they are nothing like that. <laughs> they're nothing like that. So they're full of life and they're fun and they're like, yeehaw, right? Some of them are Western men. Like, they can get down, right? But, but they're nothing like stiff, oh, you know. And I was like, how much of the time do we do that with Jesus? Do you hear what I'm talking about? How much of the time do we see this? And it's just something that's been put up and put in our heart or put, put in our eyesight that's fell into our heart where we think Jesus is just as walking around these and thous and don't. And it, and it turns me off because I can't connect with that. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so, so we can come to a place in our lives and, and in our hearts where we know, you know something? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in a place where I've observed Jesus, where I'm interpreting what he's really trying to say. Like the, like the disciples are sitting there, you know, like he's saying something to them and they're trying to figure out each other. And he's like, why are you guys asking each other? Just ask me. And so, so much of the time, we're doing the same thing among ourselves. We're going to this person or that person or going to four different churches till we find what someone says that we want to hear rather than the truth. Ouch, sorry, I didn't mean to be a preacher. (laughs) Right? But it's the truth. When 
all the truth that we need is right here in the Word of God. And I want us to know how to go to the Word of God ourselves and find answers rather, rather than just having to depend on a pastor. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so, so pastors can get off base. I mean, we're not perfect. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> right? And so you should know. You should check for yourself. Is he right? You know, is, he, is what he's saying right? You need to know. You'll know in your heart, too, because, right, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit's the umpire, and when you have that peace, you, you just know, right? And so, so it'll come to life for you. So um, there's actually... Actually, you need to just learn to rest. You know what I'm talking about? Just rest in what he's saying. Know what he's saying, and then rest in what he's saying. So... Like, I got these boots. I was telling you about these boots. I got six pair of boots. And I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, oh, I can wear this one. This Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was like, God, you messed up. I only got boots for six days of the week. And he didn't say nothing back to me. It's like, he thinks I messed up. I lost him with boots, right? And I was thinking, you know something? I got these Romeos. And they're comfortable. Do you know what? They're, I can rest and have some peace and quiet in those dudes. You know what he's doing? He's got me covered every day of the week. But there's a day of the week where God says, I want you to have a Sabbath. I want you to have a rest. And he says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Do you know what he was saying? He's like, when you remember, it's like um, God told, um, it says in the Bible that God remembered the children of Israel when they were in slavery. It says that he remembered Sarah when she, she was barren. Do you know what he was that saying? He's like, I know the covenant and the promises that I've kept, and I, when I remember them, I'm going to be faithful to that. And so as we're faithful, as we're entering that rest, we're being faithful to rest. The Bible says, says that we labor to enter into that rest, not trying to be good enough, but resting in the fact that I am good enough, not because of what I've done, but because of what he done. Does that make sense? And when I do that, I remember, and I'm faithful to that. And when I'm faithful to that, I'm faithful in Jesus rather than, than trying to do something that I'm not qualified for. I put a thing on Facebook this morning that I seen from like 13, it was 2013. And it said this, if you look for God as your judge, you have no hope in yourself. But if you looked at, look, for, look at him as your justifier, there's nothing that can hold you back. Because, see, God's not the problem, but he's the solution. You know what I'm talking about? And so, so much of the time we see God as this big, mean judge, just like we see, see you know, the powwows and the, ooh, I'm going to get you, or we see Jesus as, you know, the straight lace. You know what I'm talking about? Or we get this idea about a cowboy or, or about... Whatever. God's nothing like that. And when we get to know him for ourselves, we'll find that out. Well, how do we get to know God for ourselves? Well, I mean, you could die. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, seriously, we could. Then we need to. We need to die to ourselves. Say, you know something? I'm just going to give it to you. I, all I have, all that, 
all that I am, I'm just going to give it to you, and I want all that you are. And then you know what he's going to do? He's going he's to come alive, and he's going to blow your socks off. Amen? Amen? So I want to read some scripture so you guys don't think I'm just up here yakking. So we're in Ephesians, or Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. I'm in 1-1. One, one. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love how this starts off because he's saying grace and peace. What is great? grace? It's undeserved, unmerited favor. You know what it, it means? You're, you're going to get all the good that you don't deserve because Jesus took all the bad that you did deserve. And so now he's like, you're in right relationship with me, not based on your works, but based on the grace. And you know what he called them? He didn't call them heathens. He called them saints, right? And then he says this, grace and peace. Do you know what peace is? In Hebrew, there's a word. It's called shalom. Do you know what it means? Completeness. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. And so he's saying, saying, I'm giving you undeserved favor and my grace, and I'm giving you a completeness that's going to come, come to you from God, our Father. Now, that's a pretty personal thing, isn't it? Now we're coming from not, not just being God far off, but now he said, I'm going to be your father. I'm going to be your Abba. I'm going to be your dad. He's like, I'm your father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're, they're, they're not like separate. Jesus wasn't walking around here loving on people and God's up here mad on people. You know what I'm talking about? They're on the same frequency. They're on the same wavelength, and they're all trying to get to you and, and put something inside you. Amen? So it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, time out. Okay, now let's break this down a little bit. Like, I know I'm sounding like a preacher, but i got to get a little bit of word in here, right? Are you guys good? Can you hang with me? I'll do something goofy in a second, I'm sure. Watch this. Praise be to, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Wait a second. Do you know what? He's just saying what he said up here in verse 2. Do you guys get this? He's saying grace and peace to you. He's saying you have it all, man. You have forgiveness. You have a relationship with me. You, you have every blessing you need. You have completeness in me, in me, and in Jesus. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Whoa! 
Stop. Just stop it right there because I'm not blameless. On my own, I'm not holy. You know what holy means? It means you're set apart. That, like when I go to a horse sale, like I find some holy horses, man. There's some horses you're like, wow, now that's a horse. Then you look at other ones like, yeah, that one might be food in France here for long. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But I see this horse and it's like, I'm like, wow, that's holy, right? Do you know the angels? There's angels and multitudes and multitudes of angels around the, the throne going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come constantly. There's like the whole time they're going, woohoo, holy, holy, holy. Do you know what they're saying? Wow, there's no words to express it. There's nothing on this earth that can express it. I mean, if we seen God where he's at and who he is, we'd never be afraid of anything ever again. Holy, holy, holy. And do you know what? Now God's sitting here saying, you're holy. Wait a second. That's not what I heard. I heard I'm just a bunch of dirt. I'm, hurt. I'm not that valuable. I'm just trash. You know what? That's a lie straight from hell. Because God loves you so much. He said, you're my highest form of creation on the earth. He set you apart to rule and to reign. You think about that. Think about how valuable you are because of the price that was paid for you. Now, I used to go to these horse sales, and you could buy an old gilding, pick them up. Pretty nice horse for, you know, like $1,200, 2000 I was watching the Twombly, the Twombly. It is Twombly. I'm not like have a peach impediment. <laughs> right? If I did, I'd just be like Moses. Right? <laughs> but, like, I've seen horses selling for $65,000, $75,000 just playing gildings. I'm like, what are they like? Got gold laced in their manes? <laughs> right? But something's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And do you know what? Jesus died for you. He paid the highest price for you because you're that valuable and you're that worth it. I'm not trying to point at individuals. Sorry, if I go like this, you're going to think I'm mad. Right? You're that valuable. But he's like, you're holy. I love that. Because that means something. When God says you're holy, he's looking at you like I'm not the only one who looks in the mirror and sees me and goes, wow. I'm just having the same reaction my daddy has. Right? And then he says this. I love this. And he says, and blameless in his sight. Do you want to know how God looks at you? Do you want to know what his opinion of you is? He's telling you right here. He's like, you're blessed. You are holy. I see you. I don't care what anyone's ever said to you that's contrary to that. We break every word off in the name of Jesus. So words have power. Do you hear what I'm saying? Someone might have said something when you were three years old and it caught in your heart and you believe it. I'm telling you, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because what God says is what matters. And what he's saying here is he's like, look at James. 
Wow. Right? Look at Will and Crystal. Wow. Man, I'm so proud of them. Man, I love my kid. Not just because he looks like me. Because he kind of does. Right? He's pretty humble like me, too. Yeah. So, But I'm like, I'm proud of him. He's, he's, I can see me in him. And when I see me in him, I was like, I can't see nothing but, but all the good that God brought. Now, that's what our father is looking at you. And he's like, man, I see me in you. I see how, how I created you to be just like you are. You were chosen and God set you apart for this time. Do you know that? You're not an accident. It's not a coincidence you're here. And it's not a coincidence you're here on this planet either. God chose you. And that's good news, man. And he said, said, holy and blameless in his sight. Wait a second. I know you just have to ask my wife. I am not blameless. Right? I, I mess up. That's what he's saying. He's like, you know what? I see you perfect. I see you righteous. You know what that, that means? You are in right standing. He sees us as if we'd never done it. He's like, as far as the east is from the west, he says, I'm going to take your sins and remove them. If we can just grasp this little bit of stuff, we could wreck this world for Jesus and wreck our own world. You guys know what I'm talking about? If we can just take that. It says, it, blameless in his sight, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will. I just had something hit me this week. I was watching a billionaire son on TV set in this fancy place that this billionaire bought, and he's representing his father. And I was like, wow, I thought that's cool to have a dad like that. And I got convicted. Like, it was like the Holy Spirit said, you think that's something? You ain't seen nothing like your daddy has. And I was like, whoa, do you know what? Because I'm on such a, a low level of thinking that I didn't even realize what I was saying. You guys understand what I'm saying? Because our father's so big. Like you can see all this cool stuff going on and seeing all this. I don't care who it, is, who it is. There's nothing on earth that compares to what our father has. In fact, everything on earth is what he created. Makes you think. He's calling us sons. He's like, now I'm your father, and now you're my sons, and you're my daughters. What is that? It's, a, it's not just a relationship. He's like, he was a friend, you know, with Abraham, what he was a friend. But he calls us sons. Right? And daughters. Amen? I'm getting too serious this morning. I'll wake you guys up. I don't want to put you to sleep. 
to the praise of his glorious grace. Wait, let me go back. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Now think about that. It's his pleasure. The Bible says it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you know what? You want to know what God's will is? Look at Jesus. Look at the price he paid. He's like, like all, the, all the wickedness that you have or had, Jesus paid for the price. Now, you think of the most evil people you ever, ever can think of. Think of like Hitler or Mao or, you know, some of those guys have murdered like millions and millions of people. Do you know what? When Jesus was on the cross, he died for them too. Well, you can't say that, Pastor James. They were wicked. So was I. But one day, Jesus put his finger on my heart and he says, Son, come on. Come on, I've chosen you. Not just to be a preacher, not just to be a believer, but to be a son, to have a relationship with me. And that's good news. Amen? Amen. <coughs> It's in accordance with his pleasure and, and his will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us the one in the one he loves. And then it goes on and gets even better. Man, they don't even pull any punches. They're like hitting them just like boom, 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 boom. They're just not letting up. They're just, he's just giving us like the whole thing right here. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Now, what are we talking about there? We're going back to what I was talking about a little earlier. We have redemption of sins, right? We have forgiveness in according with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Do you know what he's saying? He's like, I want you to have knowledge, but I want you to have understanding. I want you to know that I died for you, but I also want you to know that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But I want you to be able to live in it and to walk it out. Amen? And so we'll walk it out and we'll live it and we'll know that we're a free person, free man, free woman. So I don't have to say person, right? And I'm going to pick up later, so I'm going to close. I just want to pray, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, or you have, and you say, you know what, I just don't got that glimpse of that freedom and I'm struggling, but I want, to, I want him to come and, and get back that relationship again with him, with, with, a, with your hand raised, I'll pray with you. Thank you. So, Father, we just thank you. 
we just thank you for 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 um, who you are, and I just ask that you'd renew a love and a peace and a knowing, a wisdom and an understanding about who we are in you, Father God, and do that in in, in every one of us and every one of of our hearts. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.